What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. Hit me up if you have any questions about any of their supplements. We're also brought to you by Strom Sports Nutrition for those of you in the UK. And we are brought to you by supplementsource.ca for those of you in Canada. And hey, special shout out to everybody who's picking up the slack from YouTube, not giving us ad revenue. I appreciate it over at Patreon. You guys freaking rock. I've got a couple Patreon questions today. Uh, if you have questions beside that, feel free to comment on YouTube. We'll uh, tackle it on the next episode. But Patreon definitely gets priority. Anyway, guys, we got a bunch of stuff going on. What's up, Skip? What's up, Andrew? Hey. <laughs> Look at Skip's lighting. Look at that. I know it's pretty bad. I'm sorry. I, no, it's the like sun is going down. Florida sun. You know, the you God look, is shining on you. Yeah, for real. And it I does. can't. I can't pull the blinds. Uh, you know, we have ceiling to floor blinds, but I have all. Yeah, I have the giant cat tree over there. I have cat perches stuck to the windows and stuff. So I can't yeah, you do. So your blinds bad. are just ornaments. It's yeah. like Animal Kingdom here, but only for cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a bunch of stuff lined up for you guys today. Um, Skip's got a got a hot number for us. In fact, we should just dive straight into that. I should probably uh, see if I can pull because you had it. You sent this over along with like a two minute uh, uh, audio related to it. You sent us over this picture. Let's see here, and it says uh, Hugh Jackman was recently asked point blank on CNN if he used steroids to obtain his shredded Wolverine physique. Check his answer out here. So what's this all about, man? And what's your deal? Well, it's classic clickbait, obviously. So I get that out of the way. I understand <laughs> the draw. You need to pull readers in to get them to the article. I completely understand that. I've written for a long time. I have to do the same type of thing. What drives me, and I'm going to try not to emote like I did on the audio file that I sent you guys. We like when you emote. People miss your rants. <laughs> it infuriates me, the atmosphere, the environment right now with the media, and obviously social media too, but now with CNN, this is, this is normal media stuff. So <clears throat> I just had this huge issue with journalists asking the question and diving into private information like that of, I mean, just ask the guy, I'm quite sure I would think that he had no idea that that question was coming up. Maybe he should have wondered, maybe this will come up, but it's just such personal, personal information. And I don't know, I don't like that. That's the environment right now. And for the obvious reasons, I mean, I would imagine you guys feel the same way, but it immediately, if I were asked that question in an interview with a major media source like CNN, I would immediately think, Oh God, everyone is going to think this is, this is just a cakewalk. Like, Oh yeah, I, I took some shit and now I look like this and it doesn't have anything to do with anything. The cheating component, it's, it, it's just implied by, by the question itself. And it yeah. drives me nuts. I hate it. I, I hope we can move away from this sooner than later. And I hope it doesn't get worse. Yeah. 
No, it's it's going to get worse because if they're if they if a journalist feels comfortable, I use the quote air quotes journalist uh, feels comfortable asking a question like that to Hugh Jackman, then where's the next level? You know what I mean? I think it gets worse. And you know, I don't know how you guys deal with it when people like let's say you're in contest shape and you're tank top or whatever, and you're you know you're doing stuff in the gym, and someone's like, "Do you take AAS?" And my response is always. I got to think how to say this so we don't get demonetized worse. Do you SD? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you ask them something else that's personal that throws them back. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's like none of your freaking business, man. Um, yeah. You know, does your wife it, like DP? Does your yeah. wife like DP? <laughs> then we can go into all, it's just so personal. And it makes me think, do you guys think when you're in the gym now, do you think that, that all of these, you know, cause you see all these negative trolling judgy, you know, Oh, he's a cheater. Oh, he's a loser. Because I mean, I see it everywhere. Uh, is this how people think? Do they think that, well, he's got a good physique. So he's a loser. He's a cheater. Oh, he only looks like that because he's on gear. Is that how the layman see a good physique? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yes. God, they don't, they don't I've been think it's a long time. This is horrible. And I feel naive by even asking that question. Well, they what, don't what's think crazy is it. though, we can all look at his physique and say, that's absolutely a, a, obtainable with PDs or even without if with pretty good genetics. Right. I mean, he's yeah. in great condition. You know, yeah. he's got I mean, it takes some work, but listen, if I would have like well, a, that's a where movie I was role, yeah, if I had a movie role to prepare for, I think I could get pretty dang focused and make that, you know, something close to that happen, you know? Absolutely. Come well, on. Remember um, Christian Bale in The Machinist? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he got down to 120 pounds. He's six foot two, I believe. 120 pounds for that role. His commitment yeah. to his acting extra ex- expertise includes getting into character months before and doing whatever it takes to look the part. And then I believe it was something like 13 months later, he was starring as Batman. So in terms of making a massive swing one way or the other, um, that's wild. His, his job, those, these people's job is professional acting and they're going to do whatever it takes to make you believe that they are, you know, what they're portraying on screen, a superhuman person. Did you see that skip the, what he looked like for the machinist? Look at this. Yeah. Oh, yes, I did. I, I wasn't making the connection until I see the picture. But yes, that's a, it's a very good point. And, you know, in, he, in fairness to the actors and actors, I mean, you had, uh, you know, Hank, Tom Hanks go the other way for uh, what was the Wilson castaway, you know, where you lose a lot of weight and everything else. But let's just even I mean, obviously, this is an actor actress issue because of Hugh Jackman. But this is just this is just in general. So I would ask this question. Okay. The, the argument or the implication is, well, if you take away steroids, you wouldn't look like it. Well, if you take away working out, it yeah. wouldn't look like that. If you take away dieting, people can't get leaner. If you take away filters from Instagram, I yeah. go to school with women who look horrible. But yet I can, <laughs> when they get a filter and then they put no filter, which is absolutely hilarious because the whole world knows your filter. We live in a society that these, these things that we cheat I guess I hate that word too because know, steroid yeah, used to me is not it's not cheating unless you are literally circumventing or getting around a drug test. No one is che- you're cheating in the NFL because there's a drug policy. Right, you're cheating right. in a natural show because there's a drug policy. If I'm walking around and I'm doing a ton of steroids, why does your brain go to that yeah. other than 
you don't look like me or you don't look like him. So you're really at its core, you're trying to minimize and you're trying to take away mm -hmm. anything that's accomplished. And you know what? Society does it with money. Look at anybody who makes a lot of money and they are not empathetic. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, uh, even about clients who are loaded and have a bunch of, you know, $250,000 cars. Oh, well, he's battling with depression or he's bipolar. Oh, I'd like, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd change places life. with him in a second. What? Like, yeah. what are you saying? And if we go the cheat route, there isn't very many people who don't technically cheat on other things like your spouse, your wife, your husband. <laughs> there are a lot of people who cheat on their taxes, but they do it so minimally that that's okay and that's accepted. So you can't even really go the cheat route. Because it's just, it's just so desperate. It's so, so, and it's not, like I said, it's not just Hugh Jackman. It's the rock. It's literally just this huge, this, this atmosphere now where everybody is being questioned. And I think it's crap. And I am really disappointed as long as I've been in the sport, as long as I've been training, that I am likely being judged when I'm in shape. Too, Absolutely, for you are. being Absolutely. like, oh, you could look like you could look like me, or you could look like the guy, you know, getting on stage. It's just that you didn't take enough gear. Holy well, shit! Well, look at it this sure. way. So we've all done personal training in the past, right? We worked with people in a gym setting, trained them, whatnot. The first thing we do, it, we don't bring up PEDs. First thing we do to change their physique, we start getting them to exercise. We Absolutely. change their training. Absolutely. We add cardiovascular. Because we're trying to teach them the actual pillars of what's going to change your physique, change your mindset, add some discipline to your life to achieve the physique with time and discipline. And a lot of people think that, oh, you know, he just jumped on this cycle and eight weeks later he looks like that. But I think in reality, everything I've always seen of his Instagram and whatnot, the guy works out year round. I think he deadlifts yeah. like 450 or 500 pounds. There you um, go. But the average person isn't going to believe that. No. Well, they no. just, oh, they're, they, they're basically saying over. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think they, they don't believe it. I think they talk themselves into thinking that there's some magic fruit or there's some crutch or something that rather than looking inside themselves and saying, Absolutely. I need to change my lifestyle. Absolutely. Or we're minimizing <laughs> and we're trying to deflect and tell them, oh, no, no, we have secrets over here. It's, <laughs> and, and they're not buying into the, well, if I, I tried working out for three months and then nothing happened. Yeah, yeah, I just can't help that's, but think that that's I think the there's mentality. part of that. I do think there's part of that. There's no question. I think there's a few things going on, but it all does come back to that. And I think any of us who have been in really good shape, there's always going to be detractors. You know, there's always going to be those people. When you look good, when you're in shape, when you're like, when you stand out because you're contest lean, for instance, it will challenge people. The because the, how many times have you had people say like oh yeah I used to work out and I you know stopped a few years ago I'm just real busy or mm. I focus on my family now you know or so here's you know, what it really is like you guys you guys tell me if you disagree at its core it's resentment it's not yeah. just about being in shape it's resenting anyone or anybody who has something that you don't it could be money it could be a nice car it could be a relationship. It could be your marriage or it could be that you're in better shape than they are. And yeah. I think that's probably at its core as a society are one of our bigger faults. It's, it's a resentment and it, and, and it just, I, I hate to see people on the losing end of that. And, and in fairness, 
I was no more or less upset seeing that article about Hugh Jackman than I am about The Rock or anybody or even people just based on money. I can't stand it when people think that people with money are lucky and their life is just so easy. It drives me nuts equally as much as the gear issue. I think there's smart people, too, that say, okay, this person's consistently been in shape for 10 years now. Like, what is the secret? And then they start asking them or they go to them for coaching or, you know what I mean? Same thing with like, you know, uh, like like a business mentor or someone who's done really well in several businesses. You want to find out what those secrets are. So I I think you're much better off getting rid of the jealousy and resentment and just saying, hey, what can I learn from you? Yeah, be humbled. Be humbled and recognize. Yeah. Listen, because here's what I think too: is if, if if I see something, somebody that has something that I don't have, I can a I can get defensive like that, or b I can be inspired by it and mm-hmm. say, hey, that means that I can do that too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I yeah. think there's that. Um, there was one other thing I, I I was gonna mention about this, and I can't remember what it was offhand, but that's okay because we we do have to to move on from it. I think it is a really good topic, though. I remember what it was. Um, it happens within bodybuilding too. People who love the sport and follow the sport. Now we have a lot of really good listeners. Like I feel like the people who follow our content are pretty solid and down to earth, but I see it out in the community where Nick Walker will do incredible at the Olympia and somebody will say, yeah, but he's going to die in five years. You know, <laughs> there's there. It's the, to me, it's the same thing. It'd be like, yeah, but you know, and there is it. There is a lot of gear use, and let's not kid ourselves that there is probably some really dangerous use by a lot. Not probably, there is really dangerous use by a lot of people, but that doesn't mean that everybody does. But people make that, you know, that connection, and they're like, yeah. all these big bodybuilders. We bring a big bodybuilder on, they're like, oh yeah, he's so out of breath the whole interview. Like, what? <laughs> you know? And even if he is, it's not your business it's no different than someone being fat it's no different than someone going to the bar every night and drink it's not your no. business here's the thing yeah. here's the problem skip it people for some reason if you're in shape you get a pass to make comments versus if someone was out of shape or fat you're not allowed to make those those insane yes. comments especially to their face yeah mm-hmm. that's what it's got like, here. Scott would you Stevenson. walk up to a fat person and be like wow you just eat straight lard every day don't you Yeah, exactly. Scott makes a very good point, too, because the media does foment. There's no question. They are sitting there throwing gas on a fire, whether and and not just in this situation, but in politics, social, uh, you know, issues and see from BLM to it's there's a lot of the media is to to blame for a lot of a lot of this as well. But that's a different that's an entirely separate tangent. Yeah, that was Scott Stevenson, Rabbit by the hole. way, for the audio people left us a comment saying the media That's feeds right, they don't people <laughs> what, yeah, what they, for some reason, uh, what they want to hear and see. It is good. Um, so we had another topic, and this is something we have talked about before. We are going to just uh, blow it all in one show, I guess. But we were recently asked, uh, let me see if I can actually find the screen clip to pull it up. Well, I'll just get it started. The topic was the idea of uh, growing into a show or growing during a deficit. And that's what it was specifically. Can you grow while you're in a deficit? Here it is. Let's see what he actually says. I feel like I've got uh, something on my face, but I can't. No, that was a different one. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. That was the term though. You got something on your face? I don't oh. think, I don't think I do. You don't know what it is? I, not a, not a pouch or anything. 
I do this shit to my wife all the time with food <laughs> and it in fury. She tries to wipe my face. Like I'm like, I have a mom. She lives in Michigan and I hated it when she did it. Like when she would lick the Kleenex, your mom yeah, ever here. licked the Kleenex and wipe your face Skip. and you're like, Whoa. <laughs> so then I just leave it. Or sometimes then when she turns away, I'll put more food on my face and just completely, in a restaurant. I'll do it in a, in a restaurant. Anyway, go ahead. I had a teacher who used to, or a professor uh, in photography. She used to mess with her husband in the morning where she would go over to the toaster and she would unplug it. And then she'd take a butter knife and she'd go, oh, the toast got stuck in her oh, I like her. I like it. I like her. I like her. That's awesome shit. Yeah. Until so you make that mistake when you don't unplug it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, growing in a deficit, is it is it even possible? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I think it's every single person does it when they're in a contest prep, particularly if they are using PEDs. I mean... And I think, you know, we get into this, like these absolutes of calorie deficit, calorie surplus, you know, but, and we look at that like in a day to day or a week to week or month to month basis, you can be in a calorie deficit in one part of the day and a calorie surplus, AKA like around your training to fuel growth in a different part of the day. And, mm -hmm. you know, I like to break out my preps a lot in a lot of sense of the fat burning phase for, for just to give you an idea. I like to get up in the morning, do fasted cardio. I will keep um, calories much lower throughout that part of the day, particularly carbohydrates. And I will stay in what I consider a fat burning, um, uh, you know, deficit there. Uh, I'll use my, my stimulants, my chems then, and then I train in the evenings and I will put the majority around my, of my carbohydrates and other agents around my training time. And I really think you can use methods like that to fuel growth and also lose fat at the same time. I will say what I always say on this topic, and that is deficit has to be more clearly defined so that people understand what mm. we mean. And I consider there to be two deficits. The, the rudimentary or basic deficit that everybody assumes to be a deficit, and then the more accurate or, if you will, advanced deficit. I don't know. Try and label it. We'll label it the skip deficit because everything is about <laughs> branding. Um, the typical a or a understood <laughs> exactly <laughs> typical understood deficit is and you guys correct me if you feel differently about this but i think that the average person would say the amount of calories it takes to sustain my scale weight okay. that is factoring in lean muscle tissue and body fat yeah okay so that's up here but to me a deficit is going to be down here because my deficit or the skip deficit <laughs> <laughs> is the amount of calories that it takes to maintain or build muscle based on the amount of muscle you already have. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And this is why this is important because you can be below the basic deficit and you are still supporting and providing enough calories to feed muscle tissue growth. So that's yes. where body fat level comes into play. If you are significantly leaner, then like, like client A is significantly leaner than client B. The leaner you are, the less room you have for to be over that skip deficit versus if you're heavier. So if you're carrying a higher level of body fat, and this is not a black and white rule, but this is to, to, to make my point, you have more room to grow as you are in a 
what you think is a deficit because it's a deficit based on your weight yeah. to get leaner. And this is where recomping comes into play. It's far more difficult to recomp if you're leaner than it is if you're carrying more body fat. And I would argue and say that the more body fat you're carrying, the easier it is to recomp because you have that difference in those two deficits. If that doesn't make sense, there you go. Skip factor X. And now I'm reading again. So the people who skip I just need it. to be quiet. Scott Stevenson called it <laughs> I the need skip to not it. read the comments. Yeah. The skip uh, do you guys agree with that? I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not, I, I, sometimes the deficit, the label has to be defined more clearly so that people sure. really understand that that's why there's room for people to grow and recomp. And I'm taking drugs out of the equation just for a yeah. minute because, you know, it could be argued that, that anytime you increase um, anabolic use, especially during a prep or cut phase that, yeah, you probably are going to grow muscle tissue. But if we pull that out for a minute and we just speak of it from a caloric standpoint, caloric diet and training standpoint, obviously we could assume that adding compounds to that would just make that process that much more efficient or optimal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agree 100%. And I think too, like uh, some factors that I'll throw out there, People who are newer to bodybuilding, people who maybe have less experience with weightlifting, less experience with diet. I feel like if you get somebody who's never lifted before, like let's talk extreme, and you put them on a really clean, healthy diet with a lot of protein, like the food might even be able to be high for a while, like the carbs and everything. You might be able to keep that up high for some time while they're still losing body fat and, and literally recomping, you know, I think well, I'm doing the exact same thing now well, because I didn't train for four months. There you go. So in yeah. coming well, back, I'm getting go. ridiculously strong, getting very, very lean. Now I've done it for years and years. I always laugh and say I can get super fat and super out of shape very quickly, but fortunately I can also get leaner and bring back muscle very, very quickly as well. So that's th a good point. Add gear the same thing. into oh, the sure. mix, you know, and then it's even further like somebody who's, yeah. and I, and I'll tell you like, I mean, my first contest, I was a middleweight and I used trend. And when I added the trend in, the scale didn't move for like eight weeks, <laughs> like literally eight weeks. We got I tighter. Got leaner. I got leaner mm -hmm. each week, you know. Mm -hmm. And after that contest was over, I was bigger than I was before I had started. Like there was no yeah. question in my mind after after I really filled back out, you know, and everything was said and done. I was bigger and I looked better and I ended up weighing more on the scale um, with, and it, you know, and I felt that way. I think as a matter of fact, and this is like off on a tangent, but for people who are early in bodybuilding and they want to compete, sometimes they're like, oh, I want to wait until I'm, you know, like ready to win a pro show before I, before I you know what I mean? You, you hear Keep that. waiting like, then. Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But I honestly feel like when I started competing, it really did help me improve my physique faster mm -hmm. because every time that I dieted down and then filled back out, my composition was better. And I, I know that I continued to keep recomping each time. Well, know, what happened? What what happened in that process of getting super lean? You were well, you super insulin, insulin sensitive. sensitive. There you absolutely. go. You were primed to grow. You sure I left it. Sure I left it alone. Usually yeah. I'm the one who. Yeah, you like that. to jump. On that. <laughs> I, yes, I'm going to say. I'm going to And have then you leave point. so much room to then continue to grow after that too. You know. I'm going to add one more point because you guys both brought up. I think you guys both agreed and brought up that, um, especially like a newbie, 
um, going through quote unquote a recomp is going to have this happen for him. I actually think an older guy or an older competitor, or an older athlete who had a certain level of muscle tissue and then, you know, deconditioned due to whatever reason, time, had a family, whatever. Yeah. The whole, the whole idea of muscle memory. Um, you know, I think it is much easier to gain back that muscle that you previously had. And I True. think a recomp and it is absolutely possible in a, overall calorie deficit if you structure your plan properly so let me ask you guys this then who would have the hardest time to grow in a deficit because we talked about brand new people who who haven't trained a lot and then we've also talked about people who had the muscle and maybe are detrained so who would be the type of people who might have the hardest time making great progress while in a deficit i think you just said it andrew Ectos. Yeah, I was just, yeah, I was going with ectos, uh, skinny kids, skinny people. And it's funny because the grass is always greener, you know, skinny kids, I always look at them in the gym and I go, God, all you have to do is just build that metabolism, eat, train, you're going to be good to go, you're going to be naturally lean. And then, then you have the fat kid with the super thick skin, which was me, I wasn't really fat, but I had that super skinny fat is what I call it. Uh, Narrow clavicles, everything else you look and they're just totally locked in. There's a guy uh, at our gym right now who's totally locked in. He wants to compete and everything else. And I look at his structure, and you, you guys know me. I mean, I'm very positive because it's hard to tell how far someone will go. We've seen a lot of people with with genetics that you think, God damn, he's screwed. And then he ends up really going a long way. The drive and the motivation will take you quite a ways. But still, when you see that, you go, damn, he's really going to have to battle because I think Endo's struggle – Almost equally as much as ectos, you just have to have that meso component hidden in there somewhere, even if it's a smaller ratio. Oh, yeah, I might actually agree that both ectos and endos might equally have a hard time. Basically, you want to be born a mesomorph. You you yeah. just want to have the best of of everything. You know what? I was going to yeah. go a different direction, but I think you guys had a great one. The other one I was going to say is really advanced people who already have a lot of muscle. I think that the the further along you are, say like. So like you've got a guy who's started out at, you know, bodybuilding and he weighed 150 pounds and let's say he's like, you know, 250 now, his ability to gain several pounds of muscle while dieting, I think is going to be harder than a guy who still has like a ton of room to grow easily. I don't know. What do you guys think? I would say if he's like 10, 12, 15 years in the game and he's a pro bodybuilder or or a really good older amateur, um, man, See, I would say this because he probably at this point in his life has learned to structure his lifestyle so that mm. he can decondition and well, okay, here's a great example. Brandon Curry. Brandon Curry at the Pittsburgh Pro the uh pro amateur, which was not a pro for men's bodybuilding, but him, Nick Walker, Derek Lunsford, and um maybe Hunter were all on stage together. Yeah. And 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 he by far was the most le- or was the least impressive guy on stage. You could tell he was off the PEDs. You could tell he oh, was taking yeah. some health time and just some family time and was just taking care of himself, getting ready, yeah. you know, storing up energy and just getting mentally and physically pre- because he's done this, what, yeah. 10, mm-hmm. 15 years now. And then he shows up at the Olympia. Okay. That's a great like example. He didn't skip a beat. So yeah, that's a great example. Of so, so I just think like, I just see a lot of guys that can decondition who have that amount of muscle mass, or they did have that muscle mass who can then maybe crew Kevin Lavroni. 
I mean, he's another. He's probably the best. Yeah, example I wasn't thinking of deconditioning. I was thinking okay. of you know a guy who's like, hey, I just competed. Like I mentioned myself that first show. Okay. There's no deconditioning. I'm back to that grind, and I'm gonna keep pushing up, keep pushing up. Okay. There's no taking a break. I feel like in that stage, the the more muscle. Let's let's face it. The more muscle you, and the reason is the more muscle you gain. I think the harder it is to gain more yeah, muscle. Yeah, agree with that. The guy who's 176 to get to 186 is going to be easier than the guy who's you know 250 yeah. to get to 260 of real muscle. You know. Well, here's an example. Then, like my buddy Justin Randall, he turned pro as a lightweight at 154 yes. on the dot, right? And you know he's been on stage right around 192, 194, something something around there. You know, five six years later, he looks now, huge for that. It, Dude, he's people are always like, Oh, you're 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 your small friend Justin. I'm like, no, 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 he's just short. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he's he's as round as a fucking bowl, friggin' bowling ball. He's yeah. got three D delts, his pet like everything. And um so yeah, I, I would agree with that because I don't think he's gonna have a massive surge in muscular development in the second half of his professional career. I, I would agree with that. But I think it just comes down to the bigger you are, the harder it is to keep going, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just figured I'd I'm just trying to, you know, throw other stuff. I almost no, said the last word. Throw other stuff. It's good. Provided yeah. you're doing everything right. There's yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know what I found is it with my back was that I wasn't doing everything right and doing all the same stuff, but then training my back right, like changed the game for me. Mm-hmm. Like being Did in you start my 40s, lighter? I did, but it had not. I, I did because I had to in order to Mechanics. pull the weight differently. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. It is like freaking newbie gains, man. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think I'll, I'll see if I can find a picture here because I was just looking at it again because it's been a couple of years now. And I was like, dang, that was. Hold on, put up Scott's comment. Yeah, you guys read that, Andrew. I'll read. I'm going to look for this yeah. picture. Yeah, Scott always has some good gems. Uh, most difficult to advance guy with lots of muscle, very lean and got there with lots of drugs, will have the hardest time gaining more muscle relative to fat, but he can fill out glycogen water and look much bigger very fast. Trying to stay lean, very slow gains. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. If, if someone built their physique with drugs and they've maxed out their physique with drugs, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think the situation we're talking about really works. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think when, when, we, when we approach questions like this i think we think about how we do things and right. we try to do things as, yeah. as possible and we don't stay on peds 365 days a year we plan the proper time off we take we get bloods done if we get blood bad blood work we're not going to jump on a cycle we're going to wait until things are are looking appropriate and i think we treat our clients the same way so mm-hmm. uh so i guess I, I didn't think of that situation because but it's I, out I don't there think, <laughs> it is out there, but I just don't, ha- I don't get those people. And I don't know about you right. guys, but like, I just, like, I've had people that, you know, tell me their cycles and, and I've, and just off that, I'm like, I don't think I'm the guy for you, man. Like, yeah, I, I'll recommend someone else who I knows, I know pushes, um, you know, heavy gear. Okay. This was my example of, and, and, and I know I did this with glutes too. I'm sure you guys have done this with muscles, but this is like nothing mm-hmm. really big and different with the diet. But it was like five, six months of training differently. That was only six months? Yeah. I couldn't change my back for the life of me. I trained, you know, with Shelby doing John's programs for five years, and my back was what it was. It never grew the way his did. But then I changed the training, and then that was six months later. Let me ask you this. When you were training with Shelby, um, who was stronger? He was stronger. No question. Okay, so so he was stronger than you? Because he was in his his you know competitive prime at that point yeah yeah so would you say you tried to keep up with a lot of the weights he was using i did my own thing 
because I oh, couldn't. Yeah. We did so much like squeezing stuff with John's programs. Okay. And the, and then he like ex, he kind of put his own spin on it. So, but there okay. were like all the slow negatives. So I remember like when I first started training with him, I was rowing whatever dumbbell they had in the gym. If I went mm-hmm. to a gym that had 140s, I was rowing 140. Yeah. If they had a 165, I was dang well gonna try to row the 165. But training with him, I was literally rowing the 80s. Like okay. that was all I could do. Like that. You know, but then like two years later, I was doing that exact same technique, but with the hundreds, you know, well, because because I asked because, you know, we we all probably train with like younger guys in their competitive careers and whatnot at different times. And, you know, you build a certain level of strength being in the game for so long and with great form. And then, you know, let's say you're stronger on like a one arm barbell row, one of John's programs where, you know, you got like four thirty fives on there or something. And then your partner's trying to do it, too. But being a 23 year old kid, the form might be a little janky. And I mean, you don't want to crush their ego and be like, guy, like you're not there yet. So you just try to like lead by example and you try to like, like watch my form, like that kind of thing. If you get what I'm saying, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Like you don't want to crush them and be like, you're not strong, but yeah, but you want to be encouraging about it, but teach them like, Hey, you're trying to build a back. You're not trying to match the weights that I'm using. Yeah. 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 It's a good topic though. And I, I just, I think that that's almost like a subset is training, you know, because yeah. I know that like, for well, and especially everyone, training back. Same thing. I mean, we've talked about this a lot as far as back training is very complicated and to do it correctly. You know, here's an example. We're talking about heavy as an, and I'm kind of pointing to Andrew, but heavy versus lighter and, and maybe a more full range of motion and feel. Cause I can look at forms sometimes. I can go, okay, yeah. it looks pretty good. But those subtleties that you can't even feel that, or that you can't feel, but you, and you can't see, you don't know what those are. So honestly, there's a, which one is better? Maybe it's both. Maybe you both. go through phases exactly where you yeah. are pulling heavier. And then when we see things done on Instagram or people f- see things done on Instagram or in YouTube videos, they assume that that is how they train all the time. And that may not necessarily be the case. But I've always been a big proponent of that the back is the muscle group that is the most misunderstood and that Agreed. is not uh, not trained with the best or the, or the most efficient range of motion most of the time. I will still lean in favor of range of motion contractions and 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 tighter movements versus like say a T-bar row that is, you know, seven plates yeah, and it's right. a big big bicep movement. But that yeah. still has its place yeah. as a stimulus that the that the, your back may not be used to. Mm-hmm. And then I would go back to even like Ronnie's training. Did Ronnie always train like that? Hmm. Or were those big squats and those big deads and those big T-bar rows, were they only a component or a phase of his training? And that I don't know. You know he went heavier when Matsuro was there. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know that he was a ham. And he's a bad (laughs) example anyway because he is, in my opinion. Yeah, and I would even go one step further, and you guys may agree, you may not. But I I just think that there's Ronnie and there's everybody else who's ever been in the – in, in bodybuilding, he is For next sure level. And I don't, the arguments out there that other people can touch him, whether it be Rami or, or anybody, I find personally laughable. He, there's just been nobody. Phil Heath, no. Uh, Jay Cutler, no. And I mean, no disrespect. No. These guys are great bodybuilders. None. I'm not a fan of Phil Heath uh, personally. But from a physique standpoint, there's no arguing his dominance during that time. Ronnie mm-hmm. is next level out of this world and i doubt i'll ever see anybody come close to his peak well i think if you put ronnie 
against any of the Olympia winners over the last 10 years, he dusts them. I think mm-hmm. it's a it's one turnaround. Right. You do mm-hmm. two turns around just for the crowd and just to create a little bit of drama. But Steve knows who, he, who who's going to be winning that thing. Yeah, yep. buddy. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and with the back right, training, wait, would you guys yeah, agree yeah, yeah. that there's a happy medium in there in terms of like I think there's a happy medium between let's call it the touchy feely, yeah, you got very move precise weight. movements versus just the body English. You're like rowing a friggin' boat versus mm-hmm. rowing for your lap. I think there's a happy medium in between the two, and sometimes you want to lean towards more towards one side, and other times you want to lean more towards the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the takeaway for anybody listening is this: it shouldn't be even if you think that you're training perfectly. Your trainer is telling you you're training perfectly. We're telling you you're training perfectly. Four, six, 12, 16 weeks down the road, it has to be changed. Otherwise, it's going to be the same stimulus. You could argue that you're training, you know, you're changing progression and you're changing rep tempos and everything else. Okay. But the best thing you can ever do with your training, it's like rule number one, is to constantly change it to provide a new stimulus. Otherwise, that muscle has no reason to adapt. I'd like to take a moment to say thank you to our supporters. Thank you to the people who have helped us make this show continue to come out several times per week. So number one, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. And if you know one of our Patreon subscribers, you can thank them directly because they're the biggest driving force right now that's helping to support this show. If you want to take part in Patreon, we can use all the help we can get. We vote with our dollars, and I want to say thank you to everybody who has voted for us. Also, I want to say thank you to our advertisers. You guys have directly supported what you're doing. You believe in us, and I only work with advertisers that I believe in too. Shopping with them is shopping with us. Use our code THINK at True Nutrition. Shop with Strom Sports Nutrition in the UK and shop with supplementsource.ca in Canada. I'm happy to talk and give you insight on any of their products, or if I don't know, I can direct you to somebody that will. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and thank you for all your support. Let's get back to the programming. All right. We've got a bunch of questions, guys. We'll dive right into them. Kyle Becker, who is our latest addition to Patreon. Thank you very much, Kyle, for joining over at Patreon. He's been listening to the podcasts since Bodybuilding Nerds Radio all the way back in 2015. So thank you for being with us all the way since back then, Kyle. Um, he had a question today. Um, interested in knowing, um, can one optimize growth while trying to have a child? Is there specific gear that one can still use that doesn't affect sperm count as much? Uh, utilization of these things like HCG and HM, I'm sure he means HMG or even Clomid for that matter, um, may be a hard one. But I myself, as I am trying, I feel like I am shrinking and maybe a lot of it has to be in my head, um, but it's still a mental struggle. Can I go with this one first, guys? I'll be real, real short. You've had a lot more experience having kids than either of us have. So True. I would say this. And and, and, and this may come across as bad. (laughs) Yeah, the ones that I raise in my household anyway. Um, Oddly enough, three of the four don't look like me. But anyway, I digress. Uh, (laughs) I would say this first, and, and there may be someone or people who think that this is bad advice, but hear me out. If I were trying to have a kid, and I'm not trying to be bodybuilding as everything or anything else, but don't just naturally assume that because you're on gear that you can't, that your wife or girlfriend cannot conceive. There are so many people in the industry, not even just bodybuilders or competitive bodybuilders, but clients and friends and everything, 
they two months into thinking that they're trying to have ba- they, their wife or girlfriend is pregnant. It doesn't mean that because you're on gear, you can't have a child. Now, if you go and you have, you know, your sperm count tested and everything else, and that says that it's less likely, I still say you're practicing, take a few months, see, because more often than not, you will still be able to fertilize an egg. If you, if things come up to where you're not able to do that, then take a closer look and then you would want to you know, make other changes and potentially come off. But I'm telling you so many people, it would be shocking to people how many guys on cycles for long periods of time who have arguably abused the hell out of drugs for a long time will still be able to conceive and have a baby. Dude, I worked with a guy who was like, Hey, listen, I've been trying to get my wife pregnant. She's a a fitness model. And she's in, and we haven't been able to do it. So here's my thought. He was like, I want to run a hard cycle. I want to get absolutely ripped. I want to be in better shape than those guys that she's modeling with for the magazines, the covers and all that stuff. Guess what? We were like, we were on trend. We used trend in this cycle. I can't remember the rest of it. This is probably about 10 years ago now, six weeks in eight weeks in, he was like, Hey, guess what? My wife's pregnant. See, so, I'm just, and, and the I mean, argument could the be fashion model, but I, yeah, and, and the baby ended up coming out with an extra arm out of their forehead, but that's yeah. okay. You love them just as much. Yeah. But what about the, you, know, you make a good point too. What about the woman? If she is over dieted, is her ovulation? I wasn't even be... going there, but that's, yeah. I was going to go there later for sure. It takes two, you know? Absolutely. You're stealing, my, you're stealing my whole part. Oh, I'm shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said I you guys talk about the guys. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no, continue. You already took it. I know. I feel bad now. The, I said I was only going to say one thing is going to be real. That's quick. the but angle you, Victoria always goes down. She yes. always says it's sure. takes two. Well, and that's her focus too, well, because that's her area of expertise, right? Yeah. Yeah. I work with so many women now. And so it's forced me to learn so much about fertility, so much about the menstrual cycle, so much about hormones, uh, so much about adrenal stress, so much about the liver, everything. Okay. I'm not saying I'm an expert on it, but uh, what I'm saying is like, like you said, it takes two. And First and foremost, I think you got to get um, got to get blood work done as a female and make sure that your sex hormones are in a level where they can be or where they, where sure. they should be, you know, um, because like I would just hate for this guy to go four or five months of trying and putting off his own fitness goals when lo and behold, they could have just done some labs and determined, you know, five months prior oh shoot, like she's estrogen dominant or she's got this going on and this is precluding her from getting pregnant right now. Mm -hmm. So I, but I would also say the same thing about the guy and and, and I'll go a little different than what you guys said, because he, his question was, is there a way to optimize growth when trying to get pregnant? And my answer would actually be the opposite in the sense of, no, you should be optimizing to be fertile. If if your goal is to get this one and done as quick as possible, I'm just going to say, go a little differently, get, get your sperm motility and number checked. And you might not have to come off cycle. You might not, you might have to go back to TRT. You might have to go off drugs completely. You might have to add fertility drugs like HMG, HCG, and the ones he mentioned. I've seen so many different things with different guys with the patterns and the, or the, the protocols that they needed to follow. So it, the worst thing is when someone sends me like, Hey, what's your fertility protocol? I'm like, don't have one. And I think that started because I think, um, Palumbo. Yeah, Palumbo was giving out fertility protocols after he did a video with um, Aaron Singerman a few years ago. It was before and, that he had uh, he he did his own. He went to a doctor 
And then after he went to the doctor, he was like, so I learned what to do. And now I have my own protocol. You can email me. Huge yeah. 285 at uh, yeah. Yahoo or whatever it was. Hot he mail. says, it, is that what is, when you read his emails, is that how you, it's is that what huge, you hear? Huge 285. <laughs> yeah. I've heard him say that huge on his shows. Yeah. Huge 285 at uh, hotmail.com. Well, I, I just think that anyone that has protocols, quote unquote, for any, for, to deal with individuals, that's not the right way to approach it because everyone's individual. Everyone has different hormonal issues or different levels of this and that. So you need to investigate what do we need to fix? And so I think blood, you always start with blood work and handing out a random protocol to somebody and saying, okay, tell me when you have a kid, that might not ever happen. Yeah. Here's, your, you what, here's your protocol. Put your in the right place yeah. and just keep doing it. I know you can't know. I thought about it before I said it and they're not going to demonetize me for saying. No. <laughs> you know what else? Uh, what about, uh, um, I'll, I'll tell you guys this, that, um, I worked with a guy who I'm working with a guy who, uh, ran his first cycle at Anivar and we thought, Hey, let's, let's run a PCT after this. It's his first cycle ever. Let's let's just do this by the book and let's do a PCT and then you'll see what that's like. That way we'll know how that works in the future too. He runs some Clomid. He literally got stronger every week on the Clomid. His test was just going higher and higher. Yeah. He felt fantastic. He was like, oh my God, I feel better now than I did on that low dose cycle. So, I mean, realistically, I feel like if you could tolerate Clomid, You'd be in a really good place to, you know, I mean, if you if you had to come off everything and I'm not saying that's what this guy should do. That's what Kyle should do. But realistically, if you can put things in these fertility compounds and they are actually keeping your test up really high, I imagine you could still be feeling really good. Support growth. Right. Like you said, if you can tolerate the Clomid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but like your girlfriend can tolerate the clomid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not—I didn't say anything else. That's all I said. Well, uh, it was in your. You guys, this is a really sleazy tone, though. That's what right, sold yeah. it. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I always, um, I always see things on clomid, like uh, like shadows of something moving, like oh, yeah. off in the distance, and I turn my head. And then, like, it's gone. You, you guys ever world. get that? You get closer, huh? one step closer to the spirit world when you take it. It's clone. something like that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's been many, many so years many since jokes. I've used There's it. There's estrogen like receptors in your eyes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either, man. I think. I don't like it. I don't either. I don't like it at all. No one likes it. No. <laughs> we're not supposed to like it. There's things in life you're not supposed to I like. know. Apparently. Uh, thank you guys so much for this wonderful platform. Well, thank you. Uh, really awesome. w wanted your advice <laughs> on my new cycle, uh, which would consist of test E, 500 milligrams a week, Primo, 375 milligrams a week because of complications. Um, also, oh, thank you. Hold on, I gotta this up <laughs> so I can see it. Thank you. Composition. Right. So, Primo, okay, because of drug composition, also. I am really intrigued with trestolone acetate. So I really want to give that a try. 100 milligrams per week. Uh, would you please dissect this cycle? Throw the trestolone in the trash, leave everything else alone. I know you guys aren't against it like I am. I just, no, I, I don't, I'm kind of with you, Skip. I'm kind of yeah, with you too. I, I know it's low yeah. dose. He's only has it in there for 100 milligrams. I just, uh, I don't like it. I think it's one of those things where he's going to do it and then he's going to have side effects and his estrogen's going to go up and he's going to be like just feeling off. And then he's going to discontinue after two weeks and just throw the rest of the bottle away. Right. Uh, Cause I feel like that's what everyone does with Trestolone. Yeah, I, I know there's some people weeks. that are fan favorites of it, but 
I think the overwhelming majority of people that have asked in a very similar situation, what do you think about throwing in like 25 MIGs three times a week? And I'm like, I think it's not smart, but if you want to try it just so we can rule it out in the future and never yeah. talk about it again, please, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And there's something and, to be said of that, though, too, because if he really does want to use it, I mean, look, trial yeah. and error is how, exactly. I mean, how we have our knowledge base because of yes. trying things that other people wouldn't try, trying things that they believe. You know, I tried things that would try to prove things that were wrong that I just thought we've been doing these things for 20 years and yeah. I don't think it's right. So trial and error. But we're just trying to save save some of you some steps based on our experience for a very long time. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it, too. Yeah, I agree. I will say if he's going to do it, you're probably going to have to add some AI in yeah. uh, if he's not using right now already. Yeah, when I edited it in, I made it five weeks, and I used the long-acting version. I had, The first time I used it, it worked, and I was stronger, but I, I guess I didn't really get the same side. Second time I used it, it was wicked, uh, and it was a decade later. Maybe I'm just too old for trust well, anymore, but yeah, I, I went from, yeah, I went from what was it, like a half a milligram of Arimidex twice a week. I think I was running 600 test, 600 DECA, no, 600 EQ. Maybe it was just 600 tests. It's been a little bit now. But whatever it was, I was running half milligrams, uh, half, half a milligram of ADEX twice a week. I added in that 100 milligrams of Trest, and I had to go to like one milligram every day. Oof. And the sensitivity wasn't stopping, and I felt like garbage too. So I won't use anything, cry at the use anything near that AI level. That's what I was thinking too. Right? Yep. If you have to counter it with so much AI, you just not don't that yeah. just don't do it. Yeah, at that do point, your, I was just like, for that. Yeah. So, and and here's the thing: the rest of his cycle is like perfectly smooth. He knows what 500 test is like. He's gonna have yeah. 375 primo. Like what we want out of a cycle is a cycle that doesn't cause drama, right? Yeah. Like yes, we want that to just work in the background so we can focus on the important stuff. You know. Well, like everything though, we just get a little greedy, and we're like, well, yeah, maybe sure. If I just up two more units of growth hormone, or maybe mm -hmm. if I up my this and I add a little bit more oral in, or yeah, and, and you know, part of it is like the the adventurer in us, or the you know, yeah. I mean, any of us that use PEDs, you know, we do have maybe a lower level of risk adversity than other people do in the general sure. public, right? You know, Absolutely. some people are just scared of putting things in their body via needles, orals, whatever it might be. We're willing to experiment a little bit um, mm -hmm. in, in pursuit of our goals. But I think with our knowledge base, we've kind of been able to outline the things that are productive and then have the other things that are we deemed maybe they could be productive, but they're probably not worth the side effects kind of outside right. of that little bubble. Absolutely. And let's have full transparency just so that a lot of viewers can can see that we're being honest. Uh, I own my part in even after doing gear for 30 years, 35 years, maybe 35 years. Um, I still sometimes will f fall into oh, yeah. that. Well, when in doubt, add just a little bit more. And then yeah. I realize four weeks in, I'm like, it just uh, and then I pull it back. So. We're not saying that we don't understand mm -hmm. the thought mentality behind it. We're just saying that because we've done it so many times, not only with ourselves, but with our clients, that it rarely pays off when you, it's no different than adding a little extra protein or adding a little extra, it, it, we tend to go, when in doubt, do more, no matter what it is, training volume, intensity, cardio, uh, gear, uh, tanning, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> All right. We uh, we got a bunch of stuff still, so we'll let's run quick on this one. 
Uh, we wanted to bring it up. Uh, reminder to self is what I said. That was me writing that. Um, <laughs> now you're making up questions. Awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was a DM over on Patreon. Uh, bodybuilding and AFib. I think we're all in agreement here. Whenever anyone mentions that, we, we want... I personally want my clients to consult with their doctor, specifically, you know, a cardiologist in that instance. I, I know what's in my wheelhouse. I know what's outside my wheelhouse. I know what I'm protected in terms of advice to give on things. And that's not one of them. And I don't want to be responsible for something like that. All right. Outside of our scope of practice. Okay. Yep. So this is a, we're going to use this as our client spotlight of the week kind of thing. Um, this comment from YouTube. Saw Andrew's post about a female client's thyroid function and how he has been able to help her increase her levels post-show. Was wondering if you guys could give a few tips on how to improve thyroid function, especially for competitors uh, post-show uh, that maybe used some T3 to how to help recover from that without uh, undermining the value of your the coaches. Uh, the value that you coaches provide to your clients since it doesn't cost me money to ask this question here. <laughs> Thanks. That's really nice of him to recognize yeah. that first of all. No, it's true. Um, well, this could be a big, long topic. It could be a whole episode actually, but I'll, I'll condense it. Okay. So we got following to when you want it. Yeah. Go ahead and just throw it up now. All right. Right over my face. Thank you. Let's do it like right. Like this. <laughs> All right. So just for background for people that don't, can you, make, can you make it a little bit bigger? You can cover my face. Cover my face. Um, just for background. So this is a client that I got from. Um, she had just finished her contest prep with another coach, and none of the labs on the left on the eight fifteen twenty two side are the result of anything damaging or problematic that the coach did. Okay. Every woman or almost all women are going to have some dysfunction with their thyroid, with their uh, sex hormones following a contest prep, whether using PEDs or not, that's the nature of caloric restriction for long periods of time. Um, training from cardio, et cetera. Okay. So, yep. cause I, cause I know back in the day people would be like, Oh, I, I picked this client up and this coach effed her labs up and ruined her, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that was not the point of my post. And I even said that, that like, no, this is a very normal process to see a woman uh, following a show. Okay. So right after show, athletes are very motivated still, right? They want to make progress. They want to make all the gains that they're going to have to make for the next show in that first two month period after the show. Sure. With, with females in particular, that is not the way to go about it. Okay. Um, in my opinion. And you think about the adrenal stress that they've been under in terms of their sympathetic nervous system just being stimulated nonstop with cardio trainings, PEDs, stimulants, um, and then additional stressors that we all have in our lives. Okay. So the first thing we do is I want to get them back to a base caloric level. Okay. And I will actually keep T3 in for a little while following a contest, usually for about three to four weeks, and I will titrate it down. So let's just say you had a woman at 50 micrograms per day. I might drop it to 37.5 for the first week, then 25 the second week, 12 and a half the last week, and then pull it out completely. At the same time, I will start them on a supplement from New Ethics, uh, which is Jason Theobald's Scooby Prep. Uh, on Instagram, uh, his company's New Ethics, and they got a product called Thyroboost Plus. And I find that this really helps upregulate the thyroid function. And you can see over three months, uh, what I got here, we improved her T4, we improved her T3, and 
Her T3 is almost back to optimal levels, and we got her TSH back to optimal levels. Okay, now the this is not just the result of titrating T3 and adding the supplements. It was pulling her training back to three days a week. It was putting her through a liver detox because a lot of people don't understand that the liver is where conversion of T4 to T, a lot of the T4 to convert T3 conversion happens. And when the liver's, we'll just use the term clogged up like it would be after a prep, a lot of that T3 gets converted to reverse T3, which basically keeps the thyroid and, and the metabolism down regulated. Uh, at the same time, um, we oh, her cardio, you know, let's say she was doing like six sessions of 45 minutes a day per week, yeah. or maybe it was 45 minutes every day. Um, I pull her back to three walking sessions per week. So again, all this really is done. The stress to, down. Yes, it's all done to increase the parasympathetic nervous system stimulation and decrease the sympathetic uh, stimulation, okay? Because uh, we need that balance. We need to have the adrenals in line with the liver. We need to have, at the same time, uh, we need to overcome estrogen dominance. And that's what I'm going to talk about next here. If you look at the progesterone um, in August, basically it was next to nothing, okay? And, and it's important to get these labs done during the luteal phase when progesterone is going to be mo uh, most prevalent. It's the dominant hormone in that phase of the women's cycle, and her estradiol was 224 picograms per milliliter, okay? Well, that's not out of range or anything. What we look at is the ratio of progesterone to estrogen. And if you look at where I'm pointing on the screen right now, um, you have to do some conversions. You need to convert the um, progesterone, which is in nanograms per ml, to picograms, which I do over here. So 200 picograms divided by 224 picograms of estrogen, estradiol, gives her a uh, progesterone to estrogen ratio of less than one. That is not ideal. We want to get that ratio somewhere in the 100 to 300 range for optimization of hormones, okay? Like, for example, this woman probably would not be able to um, support a pregnancy at, at her current state, okay? Three months later, through feeding her up slowly, decreasing the, uh, taking the uh, peds out, um, pulling her stressors, pulling the training, pulling her cardio, slowly feeding her up, and then adding particular supplements to support progesterone and other sex hormones, we have got her progesterone up to 13.8. And then when you do the conversion, it gives her a, uh, what I put it? It gives her a ratio of 153. So we're kind of right in the middle of that 100 to 300. She's now in a great place. And this is where we started her off season. Okay. That's great. So my point with that is that a lot of people think like, oh, the off season starts the minute you get off stage. And for guys, maybe, you know, depending on how hard they had to push for women, it's absolutely not the case. You need to have a period of rest and digest before you can start the off season phase. And part of that is getting the hormones back, getting the thyroid working again. Um, again, this is a very quick abbreviated version of all this. Uh, of course. Yeah. I, I could have gone and on it, for about 45 minutes, but and what you're talking about is like basically just supporting healthy function is yeah. what you're talking about. And yeah. then, and then testing again later. Yes. You know, yep. so I mean, and, even and the if somebody weren't using the supplements that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. The pulling it back, the getting more sleep, the not push. And I think that's huge. That's that's the biggest thing I think that that maybe people don't pay attention to both men and women um, is that need to be able to have that downtime. I don't know. Yeah. And, and honestly, like following a contest season with women in particular, we'll, we'll have them train for usually two or three, maybe four weeks. And I want them to tell me when they feel like they've had enough. Okay. 
in terms of their motivation is lagging, they feel cravings. That's when I know, okay, we're going right into this detox program. We're going to start you off to um, hormone wellness. And our goal then is I don't really care so much. I want the scale to basically stay the same. But what I really want to hear is I'm getting better sleep now. I'm sleeping seven, eight, eight hours. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good throughout the day. My energy is pretty good. I'm not up and down. I'm not just stopping in the middle of traffic and starting to cry for no reason. What about her period? Did you, I mean, I imagine she was amenorrheic at the contest and then did that come I believe, back? I believe she was um, for one month. And then we got her period back at the beginning of the second month, I believe. But okay. So some women might still have their period when they're that estrogen dominant. So you, you can you could totally see that at the same time. More often than not, they do lose their period. Yeah, that's what I've seen more than not. Yeah. Can you put that back up real quick for the dates? <clears throat> I want to ask yeah. a question that I don't know is clear to the listeners um, because I'm not, I just want to make sure that I understand the timeline as well. Is, are the August 15th numbers before dieting and the 1215, the December no. 15th are after? Okay. The diet is So the, I had her get her labs done. I think she got on stage like maybe, maybe like July 30th yeah. or something like okay. that. So I had her get her labs immediately after because it fell in line because she did have a period. So it fell in line with her, uh, her luteal phase. Um, cause you want to get labs done 19 to 20 days after the start of the period. That's, that's going to be the peak of the luteal phase where you're going to get the sex hormones at their, at their highest levels, particularly progesterone. Um, and then we followed it up with her, you know, she might not have lost her period the whole time. Actually. Really? We followed it up. Yeah. We followed it up. Even getting incredibly lean. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, that's, that's rare well, too. I don't think she was peeled again. I didn't prep her. So oh, I don't think oh, she was yeah, yeah. Peeled, peeled. She was a great condition. She won her class. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, but, but again, like I keep saying, like, like during this process, what I want to hear is I'm feeling good. My digestion yeah. is running well. I'm sleeping through the night. Like those wellness things are, are more important to a coach. If you understand how to utilize them, than the strength being gained or the, cause we, we had no strength goals. Like during yeah. that whole time, her, she was only allowed to train three days a week, 70% intensity, very basic, you know, push pull leg split with, you know, three sets of 10 to 12, you know, that kind of thing. We weren't pushing any goals. We weren't pushing any, I, I let her pick all of her exercises. Um, I really just wanted her to kind of have fun in the gym and not work too hard. And I'll tell you what, there uh, that, you know, I see some of the women that Victoria works with and I can mm -hmm. tell you that if you don't do these things post contest, <laughs> then you will eventually have to hire Victoria and it'll mm -hmm. be a much longer you know, it'll be a much longer program and it might not ever work. You know to, what I mean? You, to that you point, can permanently damage yourself. Well, you well know, to that point, year after I've got, year after year. I got a woman that I'm working with in a very similar capacity that she did a prep after a prep, right? Without any real downtime, et yeah. cetera. You know, basically a six month prep and then another six month prep right after that. And we are now going on a year of getting movement towards the right places, but we're not at the right, we're, we're not where we need to be to support yeah. even like a, a real off season fade. And it's really hard to do that because what I've seen a lot of times is women will contact her and they'll be like, yo, okay, I really want to do this. Yeah. And then in a couple of weeks in, they'll be like, so can I take some Anivar? Yes. I get Which that I can't blame them. I can't blame them. I get it. It's like, well, I yeah. want to do bodybuilding. I love bodybuilding. I, I don't want to rest more, you know? I mean, and here's what the problem is that Anivar can cover up some of the issues with hormones in a sense of making sure. you think you're making progress, right? For sure. But then Anivar, you know, the problem is, is you get into a contest prep, say now you're doing double the cardio you had to do last year or yep. you're eating 
you know, next to zero calories. And eventually for, it's like, oh, I just can't get in shape anymore. Exactly. And I've had people tell me that, that I've seen doing cardio on Instagram. Every time I see him doing cardio, I remember one girl was like, oh, wow, she's in prep right now. Okay, cool. You know, and then a few months later, I'm like, oh, she's still in prep. Yeah. You no, know, and it's like two years later, I'm like, oh, that's just the way she is. And then one day I, she said something and she was like, oh, yeah, I just can't get in shape anymore. My body doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's probably going to take her a period of one to two years to get yeah. her hormones where she needs to be before she could even think about having an off season leading into a contest prep. Yeah. And every woman's yeah. different, too. You know, some exactly. women are gonna, going into it. Who, what was what, what was their hormones like before they started all of this? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't have a bigger female listenership because really it's it's very very difficult to explain to most women that uh, and, and i think it's very black and white very cut and dried but it isn't directly getting lean that causes you to not have a period and think it's indirectly screwing up i caught myself screwing up the uh your hormone profile that that is what dieting and too much cardio does. And the longer the period of time, the longer the recovery. And you made a good point, Scott, that yeah, sometimes you cannot get into shape, but there, there would be women who would listen to this message and go, well, I still can get into shape. It's just a lot harder. I think Mm. that happens even more for you. So pay attention if you are female and it is getting harder and harder to get to that condition. It's taking more cardio, potentially more compounds, uh, taking less calories because that's a huge sign that you're driving, you're digging that hole deeper and the the deeper you dig it, the harder it is to get out of it. And at some point you have to come out or you're done. Great job, man. That was very good. I was just going to say, I did a consult with a woman the other day who'd been uh, in a diet for two years. Okay. Like Mm. contest prep after contest prep after contest prep, only taking like Christmas off for like a month. Right. And she's not young either. And she was on every PED a bikini girl would take to some heavy doses. And I think for that whole period of time too, which kind of blew my mind that a coach would tell her to do that. And her diet that she's been on for a year has been Five egg whites, cup of spinach, four ounces of chicken, cup of spinach, five shrimp, cup of spinach, four more egg whites. Like literally it was 650 calories of just protein and spinach. It was, it was kind of mind boggling. And now, you know, she's 40 years old. She just wants to maintain a, or get back to wellness and she, it's blown her away from competing. She doesn't want to compete anymore. Yep. All right. I'll move on here. Which might be the best thing. <laughs> this I is just is. a nice comment uh, from CLS. He said, uh, I live in Canada, but I still use true nutrition uh, over supplements. Or, oh, well, supplements. Are <laughs> but he says, uh, if any Canadians are reading this, um, even with the exchange rate and duty, it costs about the same to buy at the supplement store. That's the part I read. Um, but I believe it's worth the companies that you believe in. So I just wanted to share that, mm-hmm. um, which is cool, cool to see because there is a lot more costs, you know, when you go uh, international with True Nutrition, right. unfortunately. You know, you can get True Nutrition, I think, over in Dubai. What? I, I think so. I, I I picked up a client from Dubai last week and I was I'm like, OK, send me the places where you get your supplements from. So I could I wanted to get them on an intro workout and I didn't know what products they have, you know, maybe it's just me being an idiot. I don't know, but I just assumed they had different brands or they didn't have access to the stuff we did, but through there, I believe it's through Amazon, through oh. the uh, United Arab Emirates or whatever. Yeah. You can get true nutrition products. Holy crap. 
That's crazy. I know you can get uh, Team Skip Blend on Amazon. Just anybody yeah. who. I gotta say one thing though. But I wish they didn't change the, uh, the, lo- the 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 whole look of their website and the logo in and everything. I know everyone's all about that sleek stuff now. I miss the old fashioned True Protein days. That's you know a long I mean? time ago. True Protein. Oh yeah, yeah. I still got some T-shirts. Yeah. yeah. All right. What else do we have here? Um, okay, blood glucose. So. Question for the next Blood, Sweat, and Gear Coaching Q&A. Um, on the BSG Q&A that you just released today, 183, you guys spent a bit of time talking about blood glucose and monitoring it. Question. My home monitor consistently shows me waking fasted in the mid-90s to 110s. I'm currently pushing food, trying to grow. Those values seem higher than I'd want. However, on my mid-cycle labs I just had done, uh, the lab had my fasted blood glucose at 88. Uh, 15 minutes prior to that blood draw, my home monitor said 109. 20% seems like an unacceptable margin of error. Can monitors be recalibrated? It's a $25 monitor off of Amazon. Uh, should I just buy a more expensive monitor? Any monitors you recommend? Thoughts? Thanks, guys. Absolutely crushing it with the quality and quantity of info. <laughs> Thank you. So I would say your monitor is probably trash, which we yeah. see a lot of monitors are trash. Um, and the problem is, is that they only have to be within 20 points of your actual blood glucose. And I do think it's really smart when people do have their blood glucose monitors that they test it right before they walk in to get their labs done to compare like to see blood what pressure. the lab gets. Same thing, yeah, blood pressure, all all the things you can check. If you can get them done in a clinical setting at the same time, compare your devices. I will say that um, I found the Keto Mojo brand to be, it is more expensive, but and the strips are more expensive, but I found it to be a much more accurate uh, reader versus, you know, the other ones that I've used in the past. And I've had... I've had at least 20 of them over the years. I'm I'm not even kidding. I've bought every brand, Bayer and True Touch or whatever. Can you get that on Amazon? I would just, I think it's cheaper to get it from directly from their site. I think it's keto mojo.com because okay. they have like a kit where you can get like a hundred strips with a new reader. And I think it's almost cheaper to keep doing that than to just buy the strips. Oh, no kidding. You get the yes. new reader with yeah, the I've got like two or three readers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hit up Andrew. He'll get you a good deal on a reader. You just have to buy the strips. <laughs> and I will say that I tested mine before getting my labs done one year and it was within two points of what the lab came up with. Oh, wow. That's nice. I think we can all agree that 20 points is not an acceptable margin of error. No. 88 to 109 is substantially different. Holy shit. Crap. But I guess when you think about it, you're buying a device that costs $25 to $40, whereas it's going through sophisticated $100,000 lab equipment. Why would we expect it to be even close sure. to accurate? I guess 20 points is actually pretty good considering <laughs> the technology. But, but, but when it matters, you want it to, you want to know. So I would shell out for the Keto Mojo or another high quality brand. All right. Let me see if I have anything else here. That brings uh, up another thing in my mind yeah. about like the whole industry and diabetes and everything. Like, like if your life depends on that machine. That's yeah. That's you know, what I'm saying. That's what I've thought. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of mm-hmm. garbage. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's uh, all we had, guys, and that's good because we were about out of time anyway. So, cool. uh, oh, Skip, how's your um, how's your getting back in shape going? It's going very well. I trained while I was in Milwaukee at Animal House nice. and loved it. I think if I lived there, hypothetically, 
I would probably train there, but I have house. No, I was saying if I lived in Milwaukee <laughs> with the kids, but nonetheless, uh, one thing I have to point out is what I thought was so cool is when I walked in there first, it's negative 13 degrees and I was not acclimated to that, but I go in there and the guy behind the counter made me fall in love with him because he's your typical old school, old guy who is apathetic and doesn't give up. <laughs> oh, I said it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm, doesn't get through. give a darn. <laughs> Yeah. If this is just a gosh darn. This one. Yeah, gosh darn. Uh, whether you train there or not, he just could not have cared. I was all excited and he didn't care. But great gym. <laughs> I stayed on track while I was there. I, I had a, I'm, things are going, things are going real well. And I just feel, uh, aside from getting gains back and just getting leaner and recomping and everything, the more important thing is, as I just, I'm in a different spot. It's Good. crazy how things you can just become so negative and so out of your element when you're not training. And I, I, I'm going to say it again. I know I say it all the time. I, I wish that training wasn't as big of a part of me as it is, but the reality is that's, that's just the case. It's my therapy above and beyond being in, in good shape. I, I, I want to be in good shape all the time, but I just feel so much better when I'm training and I'm structured and I'm lean. I feel healthier. I'm just a, unfortunately a different person. I, I don't want to do anything. I'll say fortunately, man. Yeah, thing, maybe it is. You know? fortunate. I, I wish it didn't. I should be able to be the same person when I'm not training, but there are just those issues that play. I'm out of my norm. Uh, it's not me. And I, I don't like the way it feels. It's just really bad. Hmm. That's great, man. I'm doing all right myself. I got a, I had a setback, um, kind of a double setback. So we went to the Olympia, right? And that threw me off because we were there for five days and I didn't have a refrigerator. And I thought to myself like, well, you know, I'll just, we're on kind of like vacation mode and being here busy mode, I'll just eat out. So we ate, literally ate out every meal. So there was that. I brought protein with me, you know, and filled in the gaps, but right. that didn't help me with the dieting down. I came home, I was only one pound heavier than when I left. I think I was kind of depleted too. You know, yeah. when I, and we walked like 25,000 steps oh, plus yeah. a day. So there was that. Um, but then Victoria got sick. She, from there, she got the bug and then mm. she was better. And then I freaking caught it. Like she was better. Mm. Everything was good. And then all of a sudden I was like, I think I got a little, you know, temp here. So anyway, I took my temp and yup. And then I tested negative the day before. Boom, tested positive. And so for me, that was like one of my worst fears was like, oh, crap, I catch this again. Now it takes me out this time, you know. Yeah. But guess what? Three days later, I bounced right back. Like I never yeah. stopped. I still did all my work. Still, you know, ne never took me down. But all of that did slow me down and threw me out of my groove, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I do. You know, but I'm feeling good now. I got back in the gym today. So it's been like a couple Took a few weeks of real downtime there. I've still been active. You know, we still walk the dogs twice a day, you know, still been like doing small hikes and stuff. So I'm feeling all right. And I'm excited because I, I had like a little small workout and now I'm feeling actually I take that back. I got back in two days ago. So but I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm yeah. feeling ready. And two, th two things. Two things. Yeah. Unless were you done? Well, I was just going to add. And I, I thought okay. about what Dave Tate said on our previous episode that he was like, you know what? I, I, I need something. I need a goal to set up, to do stuff for. And so my next mini goal is the Arnold. I want to be, 
in good presentable shape, feel good about myself as best I can for the Arnold. And then after that comes, then it'll be something else after that. Right. So you heard it here first. Scott's doing the Arnold amateur. Uh, We can all be there to support him. Yes. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. I'll be, I don't know if I'll be ready in time for the Arnold amateur, but yeah. My two things though. One, when you're in Vegas, just go to the Walmart, get a microwave, clean it up real nice and return it at the end of your trip. I've done it, so <laughs> many times. I've done it specifically in Vegas. And if they nice. don't take it, there's 101 pawn shops that will, and you'll yeah. at least get half your money back. Okay. Cause I've done both. Yeah. The second thing is I think one of you guys mentioned that we don't have a lot of female listeners. And I actually got to say that, you know, between the shows I go to nationals and whatnot, um, we actually, I get almost as many women that say, Hey, like, I love you on blood, sweat and gear. You guys have a lot of great insight, a lot of good, you know, comments and whatnot. Um, I actually want to give a shout out to, um, uh, Macy Clark. She's a women's physique competitor. I met at the, uh, at the nationals this year. She works with our friend Nelson. Heck yeah. Um, nice. But yeah, yeah. I just want to point out that we do actually have a, a fairly substantial female listener audience. And if you are a female, leave a comment in yeah, let the us know. comment section. Let us know. Yeah, what do you want to hear about? That's a good point. That's a good point, man. Yeah. It's numbers wise. There's just, so yeah. if you, if you go to it, here's what it is, is if you go to a gym, you know, your average meathead gym, there's, you know, a hundred guys. And then there's, you know, random five random girls that are actually like into doing what we do. And that's why I think it's a numbers thing, but our female listeners that we have are legit just as intense, if not more so than a lot of the guys that I think that are listening oh, yeah. to our show. So, so I think there's so. that. Yeah. If you All don't right. have a team this weekend, you know who to go with. Who do we go with skip for the audio? And, and if you don't want to go with the dolphins, you can go with this team. What's that ah. team? You're looking at the back of Skip's jersey. He's got Team Skip written on the back of his jersey for the audio people. The Miami Dolphins set him a custom jersey because yes. they wanted him to be on the sidelines this weekend. They, wanted him they knew it was good yeah. PR. They knew they could get their their brand out there under my brand. So who am I to deny him? That's wild. We went out I look to, good and feel. We went out to dinner with uh, Dr. Miltek the other night. And, you know, he, with what he does – he was telling that he couldn't throw us a lot of names except for a couple that were in like public knowledge, but he used to sit on the sidelines with the Pistons to, oh. to be there as like to help downregulate, to help focus and mm-hmm. all. Isn't that be crazy, man, to what, be what time in that frame? position? I know. I'm uh, wondering if it was a palace or if it was. Oh, it was in the yeah, palace. Like, yeah, it was at oh, palace. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh, shit. So, wow. I thought that was cool. cool. Anyway, guys, we appreciate you all tuning in. Leave us questions, like I said. Comment below. Comment in YouTube. Uh, plus, all those comments, likes. We need them more and more because because of Skip's vulgarity, uh, we are depending on you. We need you guys to help us boost the show. <laughs> Seriously, you guys are the best audience. We appreciate having you here. And all those comments, all that stuff, it does help our programming. Also, if you're not subscribed yet, definitely hit the button because uh, content like ours, it's not going to come up to you. You're going to have to seek it out and you'll get a notification if you subscribe and you hit the bell. Uh, all of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings here or in Dubai. Also go to supplementsource.ca if you're in Canada. They have great deals that do change week to week, so constantly check their site out. Uh, you can go over to Strom Sports Nutrition for those of you in the UK. Um, and of course, you know, hire one of us as a coach. We're all... Uh, Happy to help you. We do this you know, because we enjoy educating you guys here. And if you want to take it further, there is so much more that we could do. You go to teamskip.com. 
hit up Mr. Skip Hill over there. Go to bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Andrew there and hit me up, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. We'd all be happy to talk to you guys for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear. A special thanks to our live listeners here and an extra special thanks to our Patreon people. You guys, I can't thank you enough. We will see you soon.